Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's moving up in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who reportedly turned down an offer to coach UCLA basketball. Oh, I certainly did. It's a tough choice, but that's me, Ryan Newman. <laughs> you and many others. Yep. Uh, I'm also joined by the other brother who last year turned down an offer to coach Tennessee football. That's true. That's <laughs> me, Trey Newman. <laughs> All right. On today's episode, we are going to play a college football-themed game of Would You Rather, which I think is going to be really fun. We've got some some tough questions to go through. Yep. Uh, but we have some stuff to get to before that. So first... We have some breaking podcast news. Uh, we are no longer independent. Hey. We're not Notre Dame anymore. Yeah, we have joined a conference, you might say. We are now part of Ross Tucker Media, which is really exciting for us. Ross Tucker, as I'm sure almost all the listeners know, former former NFL player, now a color commentator, a podcaster, radio He does person. everything now. He, wears he like- does everything. He writes for The Athletic. That's not a joke. <laughs> he, does, he does it all. Yeah, he does. He really does. He's awesome. And so... He thought our podcast would be a good fit for for his family of podcasts, so here we are. It's pretty cool. It's pretty exciting for us. Very cool. Uh, and his only condition, which was the best part, was that Ryan had to be kicked off the show. <laughs> so that's rough. Wow. And Braden had campaigned for you to be uh, replaced by Sarah, so it's just me left. Yeah, I guess it's just Trey and Sarah <laughs> on the podcast. But we'll do one more with all three of us. One more with all three bros. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's that. You can also find us on podcast one now as well. So yeah, we're everywhere. We're everywhere on our way to big things. Yep. Okay. Ryan, why don't you, uh, update us on the bracket pool? Yeah. The bracket pool. All right. Well, congratulations are in order to our day four, four, one. That's, uh, I didn't know Ryan day was a listener of the podcast, but <laughs> yeah, that's wow. pretty sweet. <laughs> awesome. Uh, he, uh, he finished in a tie for first place with none other than Michael, um, but he actually won the tiebreaker for the total points scored in the national championship game. So he is your legitimate winner. Um, so our day four, four, one, please, uh, send us your email to, uh, college football bros, uh, at gmail.com and then send us your mailing address and which t-shirt size you'd like. And, uh, we'll send that t-shirt on over. All right. Congratulations. Uh, now we got some news and notes to get to. We, we haven't talked about a lot of news lately because there really hasn't been too much happening in the college football world, but let's catch up on some things. Ryan, what are two stories that caught your eye? Yeah, all right. The first one was, uh, this really caught my eye because of the colors, uh, Pitt's new branding in their new uniforms. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually kind of like them. They're really similar to the the throwbacks they've worn. I feel like they've done it for the past few years. Numbers are a little different and they're kind of a little more modern, but... Different shade of blue, brighter and brighter yellow, I, a lot more pop. I think they're pretty cool. And then, then the logo is now like a panther head, which uh, instead of just pit. So uh, I, I love the new branding. I love it. Yeah, I, I think it's great. I think it's I, I'm liking it right now. So good job, Pitt. It reminds me of everyone saying that the Chargers should wear the powder blue uniforms as their permanent uniforms. Right. I feel like people have been saying that about these these pit throwbacks, and then they did it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just tweaked it a little bit to be more modern. Yeah, I love the blue blue face mask that pops. Yeah, it's they catch your eye, that's for sure. All right, then uh, the next news I have here is a big one. Mackenzie Milton, 
said he's aiming for a return in 2020. Um, and that would be so awesome if he did. Uh, apparently about half of the people that had the injury he had have to have their leg amputated. So, wow. I mean, it would be incredible if he was able to come back and play. And so everybody I'm sure is rooting for him and it would just be awesome to see him suit up again. Absolutely. It's too bad that happened. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. But, uh, all right. Some other news. I have uh, a couple, couple transfers to talk about. First, wide receiver Weston Carr from Azusa Pacific grad transfers to Penn State. Uh, this is obviously important for Penn State since they lost Juwan Johnson to Oregon. So they were a little bit thin at, at receiver. Yep. But you know, what's interesting about this one, is generally you only hear about the smaller FBS school players transferring to the bigger schools, but this is this is totally different in the fact that this is kind of a low Division two all the way to a school like Penn State transfer. That's yeah, uh, that's, that's quite the jump. Azusa Pacific, that's where I got my uh, teaching credential from. Actually, that's there you oh, go. All right, yeah. can you can you give us a scouting report on Weston Carr, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> His brother played at Northwestern, and he was actually a good receiver there. That, but that's all I know. All right. That's better than I thought you'd do with that question. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but he was a stat maker at Azusa. I don't know what that means, but he had over 100 receptions, 2,000 yards, and 27 touchdowns in the last two years. So he's he has a lot of production. So we'll see if it translates uh, a little bit at Penn State. Yep. Then number two, another receiver, Eric Kuma, transferring from Virginia Tech to Old Dominion. If you can't beat him, join him. <laughs> yeah, kind of ironic, yep. <laughs> considering yeah, he's going to the school that that uh, pulled off one of the shockers last year against his old Hokie team. So he was the Hokies' second leading receiver last year. So it, you got to think it's a a pretty good get for Old Dominion. Yeah, Virginia Tech has just lost so many guys over the last couple of years, but they really have. I guess that's part of the Fuente transition. And then finally. In terms of uh, another quarterback being immediately eligible, Jack Tuttle has been cleared at Indiana. You know, this could be one of the more kind of intriguing battles, maybe going into fall. I mean, for sure this summer and early fall, uh, the incumbent Ramsey is is going to be the quarterback, and he's no slouch. But Tuttle's a former four-star. He transferred from Utah. He'll be, he's a redshirt freshman. He's going to be the... Uh, he'll he'll be a legit backup option. So anytime Ramsey begins to struggle, they'll have a, a guy that they might be able to rely on. Yeah, I think they'll probably both play at times. I mean, they Ramsey's got more a little bit more of the mobility, so they bring they bring kind of different things to the table. All right, a uh, couple bits of news from me. Uh, some injury news that I, I want to get to at two schools. The first is Michigan. They've had quite a bit of uh of injuries so on defense michael dwumfor who is should start on the d-line if healthy is still dealing with a lingering plantar fascia injury from before the bowl game and harbaugh had some comments that had some people not encouraging think, not encouraging no but no. dwumfor came out on twitter and said you know he's he's going to be fine and he's actually been a limited participant in practice so hopefully he'll be all good uh cornerback lavert hill had an unspecified procedure and is out right now so he's obviously one of the best players on that defense so something to watch out for there and then on offense donovan peoples jones at receivers had a lingering groin injury wide receiver nico collins is recovering from an unspecified surgery so two of the more important pieces on that offense and then at running back it's just it's crazy everyone is hurt they've had five running backs dealing with injuries of course with karan higdon graduating chris evans 
currently not on the team. That's definitely a a position of need there. So True Wilson right now, who should be a good option, is still healthy, thankfully. Well, it's a good thing the season doesn't start for several months. Yeah, it's, that's a good point. Yeah. But uh, OU is another school that just had a couple injuries. The big one, senior These linebacker. Are rough, yeah. Yeah, senior linebacker Caleb Kelly, who was expected to be one of their best defenders, tore his ACL in practice. So that's a rough one there. Another torn ACL by Jordan Kelly, retro freshman defensive lineman, who was expected to provide depth. So not good for a defense that really can't afford yeah. to lose personnel. Yeah, tough on Alex Grinch right out of the gate. All right, last piece of news here is is interesting and surprising. Tommy Tuberville is running for senator in the state of Alabama, and he's hired Sean Spicer to his campaign. So college football world meeting the political world. Yeah, Tommy Tuberville is a, a very, very strong Republican. Yeah, well, that's in Alabama. That seems like a good thing. Yep, makes sense. Um, okay. <laughs> that's 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 the bros delving into politics hey well tcu canceled their spring game so oh that's right that's right i was that was a that was one more thing that i i had just they didn't have enough depth to have, have a game so that's not great <laughs> apparently of like their 85 scholarships they had like about half they, they were saying so can't really have a game yep wait a sec ryan you didn't give me a chance to say my joke that i totally didn't script before about tommy tuberville excuse me sorry that news really came out of left field or should I say right field? Wow. Oh, oh, man. Yeah. Great one, Mike. That was off the cuff, actually, too. So, Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, should we move on to spring games? Let's do it. Okay. Um, I will start. Some, so there was, I guess I should preface this. There were a lot of spring games this past weekend. So we've got some observations from those. I will start with two freshman defensive ends. The first one, George Karlaftis from Purdue top 100 recruit huge recruit for purdue he's actually from west lafayette he had a few tackles and a sack so solid day for him he should be good yeah he should be and then the other that should be great drake jackson for usc who had a sack and a one-handed pick six in the uh in the spring practice really more of a practice than a game and uh and clay helton said he reminds him of a young leonard williams High praise. All right. Well, and Clay, we trust. Yeah, exactly. And Clay, that is a guy who knows talent, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my other observation was at Clemson, uh, sophomore Darian Kendrick, not really sure what position to call him. He was a wide receiver last year, but in this spring game, he played slot receiver, cornerback, returned kicks, and punts. So he can kind of do it all. So he's another guy to watch out for. All right. Sounds good. All righty. Um, Let's see. My f- first spring game that I noticed here was I have LSU. The big thing out of the this game was LSU was in the shotgun the whole time. Um, they were running a no huddle spread attack, so pretty weird for LSU to do that, especially under Eddie O. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see how that comes to fruition in the fall with uh, Joe Burrow. But I like it. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I think a lot of LSU fans probably like it. Uh, and then Florida State is my other squad. Uh, Clearly not a whole lot of excitement down there in Tallahassee. They had about half of as many people as they did as last year's spring game, which you expected a little bit of a dip. It's not the first year of Taggart, but this was like a drastic drop. Um, and the game was not good. The offensive lines were horrible on both sides. They gave up five sacks. They had a few bad snaps and then a few penalties. That was just in one half. So uh, same old, same old. So I'm not expecting a huge turnaround in year two for Taggart, but... It's a spring game, but still not not a good look. 
Yeah, the offensive line is uh, definitely the the major issue on that team, so Mm -hmm. not good to hear. And I'm going to touch on South Carolina. The the Gamecocks they keep finding a way to to rope me back into liking them. Uh, <laughs> you said you this, were done with. Uh, I am uh, this yeah. this uh, this has nothing to do with me probably jumping on their wagon at least not yet. But uh, but this in their spring game they had a viral moment uh, that people may have seen where at the end of the first half their walk on junior kicker Parker White kicked a field goal and right after making it place they they stop play. The whole team looks up at the Jumbotron, and he was awarded a scholarship. They, they, these teams keep finding unique ways to do it, and I, I, I like pretty much all these videos. They're they're cool to see. Yeah. Um, and, and also in the spring game for fun, Debo Samuel caught a touchdown pass, even though he's preparing for the NFL draft later this month. Interesting. Very interesting. Weird. Uh, well, before we get to the Would You Rather, which I know everyone's waiting for, I have a play index trivia for you guys. Oh, yes. I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Usually we go positive with these trivia questions. I'm going negative. So using the play index at College Sports Reference, I found the top five leaders in career interceptions thrown since 2000. Timmy Chang. Ryan. Very, very good. Timmy Chang. Well, we'll get to that later, actually. Okay. So so I actually just did the top five, though, power five quarterbacks. Oh, all right. So... I will name the the years that they played and the school, and you have to give me the player. Okay. All right. All right. Number five is Oklahoma, 2009 to 2012. Landry. Jones. Okay. I just, <laughs> just needed the full name, Ryan. <laughs> we've, we've learned our lesson from previous episodes on that, that Oklahoma gap. <laughs> he, he's the answer to a lot of trivia questions. So... <laughs> Yes, he had 52 career interceptions. I was going to say, but these names are going to be names that are probably pretty good quarterbacks because they played a lot, you know? Well, for the most part, but there's a couple the mo- that okay. are not good. <laughs> Number four is Rutgers, 2002 to 2005. This is a tough one. Oh. Is that pre, that's pre-Mike Teal. Yeah. Uh, he's probably right after that, huh? Rutgers. You guys can give up if you want. I mean, it's. Yeah. Yeah. I, I give up. Not going to get it unless, yeah. I still got to give you the buzzer. Uh, Ryan Hart. So he no. had fi- also had 52 interceptions. And I'm actually, I've got a bonus one here. This isn't number three, but it's like three and a half because another Rutgers player had 53 career interceptions, but he only played two years at Rutgers and then he played the rest of his career at Western Michigan. So I, I just didn't count him, but <laughs> Rutgers was on this list twice. So congrats. Yeah. Poor Rutgers. Poor Rutgers. And actually, Art Sitkowski narrowly missed this list. Well, he's on his way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, number three, Oregon State, 2011 to 2014. That's Sean Mannion? All right. Nicely done. Yeah. So there's a, there's a good quarterback, Sean Mannion. Yeah. He had 54 interceptions. Number two, which I am shocked he's not number one, Georgia Tech, 2003 to 2006. Was it Reggie Ball? <laughs> of course. Very good. Of course it was Reggie Ball. Wow. Man, he just... <laughs> well, throwing it up to Calvin. I know. He had Calvin Johnson. He, he was still so athletic, was... but man, he just did not have the touch. <laughs> he did not. He did not. Uh, okay, we are to number one on the list. And again, we have Oregon State, this time from 2001 to 2004. Derek Anderson. 
Ooh. Nice. Ooh. You guys did really, really well. All right. Good nice. job. And Ryan, you even named, I'm going to get to here, the top G5 guys. I've got the, so number one on the list, yeah, from Hawaii, 2000 to 2004, Timmy Chang. That's crazy, like, because he threw a ton of touchdowns, obviously, but he was like he all did. or nothing. Kind of like Favre. He, he, he was like, yeah, Favre, Cy Young with strikeouts and walks. Yep. Anyway, he had 80 interceptions. Wow. Guess what number two on the list, how many interceptions he had? Uh, 64. What the? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Oh, I just, how are you know this? Wow. I don't. That was a total lucky wow. guess right there. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, now, can you guess the player without me even giving you the school? Shoot. Second. No, I'll just in. give you the school. I'll give you the school. UTEP. Oh, is it Jordan Palmer? Oh Ooh, my gosh. Man. All right. I am very impressed. Well Man. done, you guys. Really well done, Ryan. I mean, Ryan killed it there. Yeah, wow. Crazy. It's time for the feature of this podcast. Would you rather self-explanatory? Ryan, you go first. Sure. All right. So if you were a player, would you rather win the Heisman or a national championship? So I think this one might be easy, but I... I'd rather win the Heisman, and I'm not. I'm not trying You're to be so sel- selfish. You are selfish. I'm not trying to be selfish. But <laughs> well, it sounds like you are. No doubt, winning the title would be fun and rewarding. But having your name be mentioned as a Heisman winner forever—it's unique. Not many obviously get that opportunity, and not to mention it's an amazing legacy and perhaps the most famous award in all of sports. Yeah. Maybe if you ask like the MVP of the national championship, I start to think a little more. Yeah, I see what you're saying there, but uh, I'm actually a team player, okay? And so, oh. no, I'm just kidding. I'm going with the Heisman, too. <laughs> I would rather. Yeah. I would rather. Hey, there's only 80 guys that have won the Heisman, and there's like thousands that have won a national championship, so. Sure. Yeah, exactly. There's a ton of guys you haven't heard of that won a national title, so Heisman is the is the answer here. If you want the, I mean, you're, you're going to be living infamy. You'll be remembered well, forever. Well, not infamy, hopefully, unless you're OJ. <laughs> so, well, but, but, but like, one day. but like, look at it now. Would you, ra- like, let's say Vince Young. So, uh huh. If you said Vince Young, you could go back and you could have the Heisman, but lose to USC in the Rose Bowl. No. In that case, I see what you're saying. If, if you have it, I, I would rather, if I was Vince Young, I'd keep the championship. Just because everyone knows it was him. Yeah, yeah, that's and true. he he had the game winning play, and that that play will be remembered as much as as a Heisman winner would. So yeah, yeah. all right. So there's a circumstance where it would change. Yeah, if you guys had a Heisman trophy, where would you keep it? Wow, I don't know. In my the mantle, <laughs> yeah, the mantle on the fireplace. If you got one, I don't know if it'd fit up there. You gotta have quite a fireplace. No, oh, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I, yeah. I would keep it Maybe front just on my. Co- I might just have it on my coffee table. Yeah, just for well, always yeah, there. That's a good one. Why not? You always hear guys saying like, "Oh, I don't even know where it is," and it's like, "What's wrong with you? <laughs> you got to display that thing." Um. Okay, Trey, you got a would you rather for us? Yeah, yeah. Would you rather have an amazing offense or an amazing defense? Okay, I thought a lot about this one. I'm going both. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Sure, I'm going. Okay, so I'm going to go. I'm going offense because it's just it's more fun to watch. I kind of saw this question as: Would you rather cheer for Oklahoma or like an LSU? I know LSU's offense isn't that bad, but I'm taking Oklahoma every time there. It's just it's fun to watch offense. Yeah, I, I, you know, 
it's tough to say, but I, I think I'd also choose the offense. Uh, it, it is more fun to watch. And then you just feel like you have a chance. Even if you're losing, you feel like you have a chance. Whereas if you have a terrible offense and you're down or, and you're down like 10 or something, you're like, ugh, yeah. you have no shot here. So you always feel like you're in it. I'm going to go the other way, a bit old school. I'm going to lean to the amazing defense. Uh, I've had fun over the years watching some, some of the teams that I've followed have a great defense. And, but, you know, and then like look at the Big 12 the last few years, you know, the Texas Techs, the West Virginias, even the Oklahomas. Like, yeah, they score, but they know like as soon as they give it up, it's just like, oh my gosh, we're going to, they're going to score on us. Yeah. I mean, it, you can look at it either way, but I, I'll lean to the defense. I'd, I'd rather watch, I'd rather watch Oklahoma, West Virginia than the Cheez It Bowl. That's just me. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that was unfair. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. I have a question for you guys. It just stay with me here. It's a long one. So would you rather be a fan of a team that wins one national title every 15 years, but wins a maximum of seven games every other year, or be a fan of a team that wins no national titles ever, but wins at least 10 games every year? And the caveat here is, is you don't know before, you know, what's going to happen. Of course, you're, I'm basically asking which, which would make you happier if it happened. I got to go with the the national titles because that's just what you're playing for. Um, I'm kind of, I kind of, it made me think of like the Hawks from like 10 years ago with Josh Smith and Joe Johnson. Like they were always really good or well, pretty good, but it's like, you just, they never had a chance to win it all. So it's like, who cares? Like the whole season was just like, yeah, we're good, but we're going to lose. So <laughs> why, do, why do we care? So I at least want to have a chance. I would say, give me the national titles and I'll, I'll live through the seven win seasons. Otherwise, I'm I'm going the other way. I'd want to be a fan of the team that, even though they don't win national titles, if they win double digit games every year, you know you're in the hunt for the playoff or the conference yep. in your conference championship. It it would lead to some heartbreak, obviously, but you'd always be relevant, have great players to root for, and it would just make over the course of a long period every season fun. Yeah, you think every year, you think this is the year. Because you're always good, you know, and you don't know, like in this hypothetical, you don't know that you're not going to win. Yeah. All right. Fair enough, guys. Um, All righty. So the next one here, would you rather only be able to watch college football on a 28 inch television for the rest of your life or be able to watch on any size TV, but it has to be muted? All right. Uh, This is definitely a tough question. I know. I think I know what you're going to say. What do you think I'm going to say? I big screen tv i'm going big screen tv <laughs> you just have to have a big screen TV. i have to have a big screen tv i mean yeah. though maybe it's the wrong decision because hearing the crowd hearing the hits even the analysis of, of who's making what play i think is a bigger part of watching a game than we think but i don't know 28 inch tv i just yeah, that's i can't do I it i mean just sit close i know that's i know is that basically the same thing just sit closer <laughs> just sit close and it's not the same it's not the same Maybe, Michael, you make a good point. Maybe it, it is more important than you think. But it's fun for me to hear the stadium and the, the crowd noise. But, you know, we're spoiled with the bigger TVs nowadays. And so I'd sacrifice the volume and I'd go with that that larger TV. Yeah. Yeah, larger TV. Um, and then I'd get the sound going on the computer. No, you can't do that's Come on, Ryan. <laughs> no. You can't do no. that. I no. thought for sure that no. when I saw this question, I thought one of you was going to be like, well, I'll just turn on the radio. And it's like, no, you can't turn on the radio either. All right. Don't fight the hypothetical. Well, <laughs> didn't make that clear. <laughs> well, it was my question. You're the one who asked the question. 
Next one. Would you rather have the fifth-ranked recruiting class every year and have former Kansas head coach David Beatty as your head coach or have the 20th-ranked recruiting class every year and have Chris Peterson as your head coach? Yeah, this is a very good question, but ultimately I said I want the fifth-ranked recruiting class and David Beatty as my coach. I mean, 5 to 20 is a pretty large gap. You know, and if you're going to ha- win anything big, tw- you're not, I mean, if you want a national title or anything like that, 20 is not going to get it done. Yeah, pretty uh, unlikely. David Beatty, while he obviously By the did way, not is do it, very is it well. Beatty, Beatty? I, I probably should have I, learned while he was head coach. I always yeah, said, probably, well, it's uh, Kansas, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, either way, whatever. Kansas <laughs> football, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Call him Dave. <laughs> Dave, yeah, Dave from Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, but if he was given the, the top five recruiting class, who who knows what he could do? Uh, yeah, so I got to at least give myself a shot. With, so I'm taking that. I agree with you. I, I'm taking the talent. I think the sort of break even point is maybe if it was like the 11th. Yeah, that's yeah ranked class. I know it's a random number, but then maybe I'd choose Peterson with the 20th. But fifth, like you said, that's that's national championship caliber roster. So and like yeah. with with uh, Chris Peterson, we sort of have a good example in 2016 when Washington made the playoff. They were 24th in 24-7 sports team talent rankings. And, you know, they really didn't stand much of a chance. No. Yeah, exactly. They were, so, they were out-athleted. So, so yeah. I, did, I did a little research for this one. Okay. So, wow. <laughs> Whoa, this thanks. is the only one of the episode you did some research for. <laughs> no. Well, no. More so in-depth than this one. This is hard-hitting analysis right here. So, All right. I looked back at the national champ, all the national championship teams since 2008. All the winners. And if you look back at the four years of recruiting classes that make those teams up, mm-hmm. those are the, so they're each of the winners, they're four recruiting classes that make them up. Mm-hmm. There's only one team since 08 that's had a class worse than 16th. Can and I make that a was guess? Auburn. Oh, sorry. I bet it was, I bet it was Auburn. Yeah, it was very Auburn. good. <laughs> Auburn in 2010. But listen, so they had this in their four years, they had the sixth the 23rd, the 21st, and the ninth ranked recruiting classes. But then they obviously had a freak talent at quarterback in Cam Newton. Yeah, so exactly. I'd, I would say I would go with the talent as well. That's my kind of long-winded answer. But it is pretty amazing that all the champs, the worst re- outside of Auburn, the worst recruiting class was 16th. That is crazy. And even, even making it to the playoff, it's rare. I mean, you'll have your Michigan State make it, and like I said, UW, but that's those are kind of the exceptions. Yep, yep. Okay, next question for me is, would you rather be able to watch college football and no other sports or be able to watch every sport except college football? This I'm sorry for torturing you guys with this question. <laughs> no, th- this is by far this is by far the toughest would you rather out there. Um, Agreed. <laughs> I I could live I could live without baseball, probably the NBA as well. But to me, losing the NFL, college hoops, golf, myself horse racing, I, I don't know if I could do that. I mean, yeah. I, man, I, I never thought I would not watch college football in a scenario. God, it doesn't even sound right saying, but <laughs> I, maybe I can't do that. It, it's so tough. <laughs> Trey, you're going to lose a lot of street cred with our audience if you... Yeah, I I'm like waffling. <laughs> it's okay. It's just a hypothetical, right? You don't have to actually yeah. stop watching. I know. It's, it's not it's a real hard. choice. 
Well, if it'll make it easier for you, Trey, I'm it's super tough, but I I would have to give up college football. Like I can't yeah. just go. No, I I think that's I'm definitely probably sixty forty that 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 side. Yeah, you can't. I I can't go eight months with no sports. Like these all the sports you mentioned, Trey, like March Madness, the Masters. I just I couldn't I couldn't do it. Yeah, it'd be hard. Yeah, I. It's so hard to give it up, but it it'd be the right move, you know. So. To, to give up all the other sports? No, no, to give up college football. Oh, okay. If you did give up all the other sports what what would you do like what would you do with your time yeah that's the thing like <laughs> it's like that's a lot wow yeah because at least if you give up college football you have the whole the nfl the whole yeah. season it's not like you're you're losing any yeah gotta find a new hobby we'd podcast about like man who knows what <laughs> yep tough question there okay guys our last would you rather here if your team gets a big win against a top team and you're at the game in the crowd, would you rather it be a home game or on the road? So, Ryan, the fact that you think that these are, are two evenly matched options makes me think you are a huge jerk. Who just <laughs> wow. You just like to rub losses in other people's faces <laughs> because why would I rather be on the road? I want to be at home with all my fellow fans. We're all cheering. It's fun. It's a happy atmosphere. I don't want to be in between a bunch of opposing fans because i'm i don't want to i'm a non-confrontational ryan but i i love the, t- the t- to taste your tears you know like oh yeah i need to see yeah that's pretty oh, messed man. up that's pretty messed up <laughs> i'm i'm a little i i'm a little indifferent on this i i i do i've because we've experienced both sides of this uh but i'm i'm gonna lean to the home game just because it's fun to see the whole when you're when you win a big game, especially like in big moments during the game, it's it's fun to see the whole stadium go wild, mm-hmm. uh, and you just just to look at the whole crowd reaction. And then after the game, it, it's fun to walk out in a fun, enthused environment. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna just go with the road one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's more a little more satisfying getting a nice big win on the road, and it's like, yeah, we did it. You know, came into your place and took you down. So, mm-hmm. so you are you like cheering as you're walking out the the exits and everything? Are no, you? No, I mean I'm gonna be polite and courteous, but I'm gonna okay. be smiling on the inside and just be like, yeah, <laughs> just a little smirk. <laughs> That's nice. That's pretty messed up. That's <laughs> it, it's it's cool to win on the road, man. Okay, last uh, last thing we have here is a top five list from Ryan. Yeah, we got a top five list. <laughs> You sound you sound like you have to make one up right now. <laughs> Ryan's going to make this up on the spot. He's like, "Yeah, I forgot." No, no. just lo- just locating my notes here. Top five fingers, yeah. my thumb. <laughs> Top five moments in my life. Is is that really? No. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Top five national championship games. Ooh, all right. In honor of the national championship basketball game here, but number five. The 2017 National Championship game between Bama and Georgia. This, of course, was the one where uh, Tua came in to be the savior, led, led Bama to an overtime win. That was just an incredible game. Great storyline wow. there. I, I don't even remember that one. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, number four is the 2002 National Championship between Ohio State and Miami. This game is remembered for its very questionable pass interference call uh, that kind of helped Ohio State pull off pull off the upset and double overtime. But I mean, it was a great game nonetheless, and you know, Miami was like eleven and a half point favorites there, so it was quite quite the upset. Yeah. 
number three, the 1983 national championship between Miami and Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska, this is the one where they went for two to try to go for the win, and they just came up short. So that was... Uh, I'm just going to say that I was inc- I'm incredibly glad I wasn't alive to see that. Yeah, our that dad still hasn't quite recovered from that one. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's so rough. But, uh, you know, good good on the coach for being aggressive. And you said 83, right? Yeah, the 83 year. I mean, it was the 84 Orange Bowl, but I'm just going with the, the years of this. All right. And then number two, we have the, uh, the 2016 National Championship between Bama and Clemson. Uh, this was the one when... Clemson won. Deshaun Watson hit Hunter Renfro with one second left uh, on the clock for the game-winning touchdown, and it was just like—I mean, Clemson was obviously super good, but it was just—it was almost like a David and Goliath. He felt like—I mean, Clemson was the underdog, so that was awesome for Clemson to punch through and just an amazing game. Interesting, yeah. I'm—I I'm th- guess the David and Goliath factor, but man, that Bama Georgia game—that was—that was just as good. Yeah, scoring with one second left, and you know. It's it is the underdog thing. I don't know. It, to me, I was to me that was a bigger game, and it was like just more exciting for some reason. It's Ryan's list, Michael. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's my just, list. Yeah. I'll sh- I'll shut up. I'll shut up. Good idea. <laughs> All right. Number one, USC Texas, 2005 season. Texas, of course, won on Vince Young's last run. And I'll just say this: I'm incredibly glad Michael was not a USC fan yet. Uh, me too. Not sure, Michael. Not sure where Michael would have gone after that one. <laughs> Man, I would have. Uh, I would have probably given up, uh, given up college football and been watching yeah, every you, other sport. That, yeah. <laughs> that's you what would have happened. College football bros, right now. No, no. All right, so. that was a great list. That was a great list. Yeah, the number Those one. Were, I, lot, I was looking at the list, and there's so many good games. There's it's hard to leave some off, but uh, some good ones. I think number one though is is yeah. d- un- You can't debate that. No. Yeah. You're right. Number one is is pretty pretty much everybody agrees. And all I noticed, well, I guess they didn't have. I just was going to say all those are recent, but that's because they didn't technically have national championships until. Yeah, I mean, I put two nineteen eighty three in there, but it was like one versus two if it ended up. But yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening to the College Football Bros podcast. If you like the show, be sure to leave us a review in your podcast app. And guys, to end the show, I have a little surprise for you. I thought we'd welcome an old friend. Oh, no. Can you guess? Beth. No, not Beth. Oh. Bruce. Bruce Feldman. Oh, Bruce. Bruce, what do you have to say? (laughs) It is a buttersoft bamboo comfort design from top to bottom. And when I heard that, I was like, really? What is this going to feel like? And it does feel very, very comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Bruce. I didn't realize it was going to be a new one. It was a new, that was a new one. That's what I said. I didn't realize it was going to be oh, a new one. Oh, oh, I thought, yeah, it sounds very similar to the last one. Should I just empty, empty the holster on, on Bruce clips I have? No, let's just save them. Are you sure? I really want to press it right now. Okay, just one more. <laughs> All right, fine, one more. You name it, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, even a wipe that leaves your tush feeling tingly. Mm. <laughs> Bruce. We'll end it with that. <laughs> Wise words, Bruce. And we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. 
Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening. Angie's List is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie still has the same top pros and reviews you've counted on for more than 20 years. Only now, you'll also get access to all the tools you need to make your home a happy place. Inside, outside, big or small, Angie helps you find the right solution for whatever you need done, all from your phone. It's simple to find upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. You can even search pricing guides to see what others paid for similar jobs and easily compare quotes from top local pros to make sure you're getting a fair price. From lawn care to repairing the AC to the project of your dreams, Angie has your home projects handled from start to finish. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, they'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with their happiness guarantee. Make your home an Angie home. Check out Angie.com today. And for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot htm. Out now in paperback comes This Is What America Looks Like, the inspiring memoir from trailblazing Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. Readers will discover her unbelievable journey from refugee to immigrant to one of the first Muslim members of Congress. Her story is a true multidimensional tale of an inspiring woman and all the hopes, disappointments, successes, and surprises that make up the life of an immigrant in America today. Get your copy of This Is What America Looks Like at hc.com slash Ilhan Omar or wherever books are sold. Sold.